Hey, welcome to the Transforming Life Church podcast. We hope this encourages you and inspires you in your journey with Christ. So sit back, relax, and check out this week's message. Hey, uh, we're so glad that you're here at Transforming Life. Uh, I want to celebrate with you guys uh, just a few minutes. Um, we, uh, we have our kids check-in system is up and running now, fully going. And so uh, if you bring a kid in, obviously... If you did today, you saw that that's going on. And, and that's just so that we can have um, a, a safe, fun environment for our kids to have life-changing moments with Jesus, just like we would in here. And then also for you for you mamas that might be wondering what's going on over there, we, we want it to be safe so that you can come in here and fully focus on, on what God wants to speak into your life. And so that's up and running. So that's awesome. And we're glad that that's going because, again, we want to have a safe, fun environment for uh, our kids. We're starting a new series today. It's called Love Well, Live Well. I'm fully uh, confident and, and believe this, that if you learn to love well, learn what true love is, that you will actually live well. Anybody believe that today, right? If you can learn to love well, you'll live well, okay? And, and so today, we're going to talk about that, unpack that a little bit with a message entitled, What's Love Got to Do With It? I'm not going to start singing Tina Turner here, Okay. Uh, but, but, but so maybe some of you are thinking like, all right, so what you're telling me is that if I, if I learn to love well, I'll have, I'll be able to live well. So, so you're telling me that, that purpose and meaning have to do with love. Yes, I'm saying that. You're, you're telling me that real life has to do with, with love. Yes, I am telling you that today. And I'm not talking about love in a sense of romance or, or finding love or, or what that is. Because, you know, some of you may be concerned with that. Maybe, maybe you feel like you've lost at that type of love. Maybe you feel like you've given up on, on love. Maybe you're looking for love in all the wrong places, right? Uh, but, but we're not necessarily talking about that type of love. We're talking about the greatest love that has ever been or ever will be. We're, we're talking about real love, true love, a love that is everlasting, a love that is, is, is life-giving, because if you love well, you will live well. If you'll turn to Matthew chapter 22, we're going to look at verses 34 through 40. Matthew 22, verses 34 through 40. In this passage, and you're just going to have to stay with me, okay, because when I read the Bible, um, I'm a visual learner, and so I picture things in my head, and so just, just stay with me, okay? You're good with that? You're, gonna, you're not going to throw things at me or anything like that? Okay, good. Um, I'm going to do it anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um, so, so in my head, I'm picturing this scene, okay? Because what you got going on here is, is you've got Jesus and, and he's teaching and the religious leaders were constantly uh, trying to question him and catch him and saying something wrong so that they could accuse him because they didn't believe he, he was who he said he was and they called him a heretic. They called him all, all kinds of sorts uh, of things. Um, they, they just didn't get it, right? And, and so... Um, to help us paint this scene, we, we've got a quick video. There, there's no audio, and I did that for a reason, and you'll understand why. But, but, but I just want to help you kind of set up this scene. So if you guys want to start playing that, you can. Have you guys ever um, seen those movies, those dance-type movies, where, where there's, there, there's a squad here, and then there's a squad on the other side, and they're battling out. They're doing all these dance moves, and they're, they're battling out, right? And, and, uh, and this one's, I believe, you got served, and there's Step Up, and all these different um, dance-type movies where these two crews, right? They're, they're, I'm so white, I can't help it. But, but these two crews, they're battling it out in these, in these moments and scenes and stuff like that. Um, th- there's also uh, some movies where there's these rap battles that are going on. Where you've got, you've got this one guy 
who is, uh, who is rapping and, and you got another guy who's been, they're battling back and forth and they're dissing each other's mama and, and, and they're, they're, they're talking about them and they're talking smack and they're, they're running their mouth uh, about each other. And then, and then you got your crew and your boys in the back that are like, oh, dang, like what, what he said about, you know, and, and they're just going back and forth. And, and so uh, stay with me for, for just a minute because I see that whenever I read uh, this particular passage, okay? Um, let's go ahead and go to Matthew 22, starting in verse 34. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law. So I, I picture this smug kind of guy walking up and he's got that, that walk and he's like, yo, what's up? You know, I, I just say with him again, hang in there. So one of the experts in the law, I came up to test him with a question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law. So, so I picture him like in one of these scenes. All right, Jesus, here, here. Blah, blah, blah. What, what's the greatest commandment? And then I see his boys in the back, the other religious leaders are like, oh, dang, you got it, you got it. That's it. That's the question, right? Oh. And he's turning around, he's high-fiving them, they're chest bumping, right? Uh, I, I, I'm sorry, I picture that going on here in this moment. I know you're all holy and you don't think of things like this, but... Maybe I'm not, and that's okay. Jesus loves me anyway. Um, So one of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus steps up. It's his turn. It's his turn to to spit some bars, to to rap, to dance, whatever. It's his turn. Love, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And then Jesus drops the mic and walks away, right? He drops the mic on him. He, he, he blows them away with this question. Even, even further on, as, as he asked that, they, they discuss it among themselves. If we say from heaven, he will ask them, why didn't you believe him? But if we say of uh, human origin, we are afraid of the people, for they all hold that John was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, well, uh, we don't know. Then he said, neither uh, will I tell you by what authority I'm doing these things. And he, and he goes on to read. Um, uh, one of the, the men, uh, maybe in this one, maybe in Mark, but one of the men actually comes up and, and he's like, you've answered well. Like, I'm, I'm sure Jesus is like, well, duh. Like, you know, I, just, I just dropped the mic on you, bro. I'm, I'm Jesus. I'm God, right? It, it's, I, I, I don't know. I just picture this, 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 this scene uh, going on between these two groups and, and Jesus just like blows it up, right? He drops it on him. First, he says this. He says, first, you got to love God. That's the first. Jesus needs to be the center of your life. God needs to be the center of your life because out of that will flow balance and order and everything else will come into place if you can get that foundation. Because see, speaking of foundation, if, if you read um, in the Old Testament, Jesus is actually quoting Deuteronomy 6, 1 through 2, where God said the same thing. If you love the Lord your God, or, or you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And he actually says, you will enjoy long life. If you trust God and you trust that he knows what he's doing, then maybe the things in our life, the things like fear, the things like doubt, the things like worry, the things like anxiety, maybe those things won't take root in our lives. If we will fully trust in God and truly understand who he is and who he says he is and what he wants to do in your life, maybe we don't have to worry about things so much. Maybe we don't have to fear tomorrow because we know who holds our future. Maybe we can have peace in our life 
Because we know God's got our back. And it says not only will you have long life, but you will enjoy long life. Those things, they don't bring enjoyment. Peace, or excuse me, fear, doubt, worry. Those things, they actually take life away from us. In fact, they, they can cause a lot of health issues in our life. But if we will trust God with all of our heart, mind, and soul, if we will love him with all of our heart, mind, and soul, just maybe we love well, we can live well. If we choose to love God first, maybe we'll get to not only have long life, but enjoy. I, I, I believe that that means probably more so a full life than it does necessarily longevity. Because there's people who have lived a full life but don't live as long as other people. Because of the, the, the things that they did in their life, the way that they lived their life, the people that they impacted in their life. And it all has to do with love. If you love well, you'll live well. And then second, he says, the next one is like the first. The next one is like the first. If you love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, I believe he says it's like the first because the one comes from the other. If you love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, then you should love other people. If you truly love God, you should love other people. And so Jesus goes on to say, love your neighbor as yourself. We're taught this as a kid. Treat others as you would want to be treated. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus, again, is quoting Old Testament. Leviticus 19.18 says to love your neighbor as yourself. And if you read in the preceding verses in Leviticus, it gives some examples of how they do that. See, what's happening in that Old Testament uh, scripture in Leviticus and Deuteronomy is that God is laying a foundation for the Israelites to move into the promised land. Okay? So, so the Israelites had, had come out of Egypt. Uh, Moses had helped um, uh, bring them out of Egypt. And, and they, 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 they messed around a little bit, spent some time in the desert. But then a whole new generation now gets to go into the promised land that God had promised for them. And now God is laying the foundation for how they need to live their life and how they need to go into the promised land. So they need to love the Lord their God with all their heart, mind, and soul and love their neighbor as their self. It's foundational. Everything else will fall in place. If you ever build a house, you know you got to have a good foundation before they build anything else on top of that. And it's the same here today. So, so, so Jesus is quoting this because now Jesus is setting up a new covenant. He, he's setting us up now for a, a foundation for life going into our eternal promised land. You see what Jesus is doing here, right? He's setting up a foundation for you and for me to now live our life the way that God had always created it to be. And if we love God with all of our heart, mind, and soul, if we will get that first, we should love other people. In fact, the Bible is so bold to say that if you don't love God, or, or if you don't love people, and you say you love God, you're actually a liar. It's so bold to say that. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't work that way. If, if you love God, but you don't love others, that, that doesn't mix. It doesn't work. You can't do that, right? So, so here's the deal. If you're a racist, but you say you love God, no, you're, you're truly mistaken. Okay? If, if you don't love other people and you don't treat them well, but you say you love God, you, you're missing it. It doesn't work that way. If the way you treat people and talk to people on social media does not glorify God, you are missing it, my friends. If you are sarcastic and not in like a just joking around type of way, but in like a jerky type of way, you're just being a jerk. If you're that way, but you say you love God, you, it, it doesn't work. If you're easily frustrated, if things just, you know, people just irritate you, right? 
And I know people irritate us. We get that. But I'm talking about all the time. Like you can't go a day or a moment without someone irritating you and making you mad. There's a disconnect. There's something wrong. If, 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 if any of these things are happening in your life if, and you don't love people, then you don't love God. You're, you're on the phone, but nobody's on the other end. It doesn't work that way. If we love God, we should love people. And if there's something missing in there, you need to get to the root of what that is. What is the root of maybe anger that you have towards people in your life? What is the root of that? You need to go back. You need to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal that to you. Why are you not having peace in your relationships? You need to go to the root of what's going on. What was the moment that, that started that, that reaction in your life? Why, why are we talking about Because we know this. We know we should love the Lord our God with all our mind heart and soul. We know we should love people. So, so why are we talking about this? Because we're talking about it because the world is in desperate need of it. There, there's a world out there that's just going crazy. There's a world that is angry. There's a world that is fighting and disagreeing and arguing and, and getting caught up in all kinds of craziness, right? Where's the church at? Where's the church at in the middle of all this? In the middle of the, the, the protests? In, in the middle of, of, of people going back and forth about the government and between Democrats and Republicans and, and just the middle of, of life and everything out there? Where, where is the church at? The church is in the middle of the debate. The religious leaders were debating back and forth with each other. They're debating with Jesus. We're, we're in that debate. We're debating on silly things that aren't heaven or hell issues, and it's keeping our focus in the wrong places. What am I talking about? Instead of us worrying about who's president or who's in office or who's in the government, which is a big deal, and we should pray about it and we should be concerned about it, but at the end of the day, Jesus is still king and he's still on the throne, so it really, it really doesn't matter. But the Christian, Christians in the church get so caught up in this debate about government about who's in office and who isn't but you know yes we should pray but that's an action right that's loving we, we should be loving if the president is in in office that you don't like you still gotta love them they're still in office okay and that's biblical we should pray for our leader whether you like them or not doesn't matter it doesn't matter if they're democrat it doesn't matter if they're republican some of you guys have lost relationships based on political parties and that's wrong we should love people either way. People get caught up in, in silly little debates, like theological debates. I see this on Facebook all the time. It drives me crazy. I never get in the middle of it because it's just circular uh, arguing. It never goes anywhere. They get caught up in all these theological things, which, which is important. We should have good theology. You should know what, why you believe what you believe. You should know that. That's important. So that requires you to study the Bible and do proper um, uh, Bible study. But people get caught up over silly things that aren't heaven or hell issues. Right? Get caught up on what version of the Bible to read. And here's the deal. Let me just blow that all up. None of it is Hebrew or Greek, so it's all a translation from the original anyway, and things get lost in translation. Even, alright, hey, don't throw anything, even the King James Version. Some of y'all hold that up holier than God. I'm just saying. Why are we not singing more hymns in church? Some of y'all hold hymns up like the Bible. I'm just, I, I, don't throw stuff at me, I'm just saying. 
why are we singing more hymns? Why are, why are we singing all these modern choruses that just sound like chants that chant over and over and over again? Well, why, why are, you know, and there's this debate that's been going on for years and years and years. Playing that electric guitar up there, that's rock and roll, that's devil's music, right? I see you, Mark. When we get so caught up on music and styles of music and, and what our preference is, we, become, we, we, we begin to worship the music instead of the one the music's about. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Here's the deal with that. We are trying to reach people, okay? We are trying to reach people. If you listen to the, the style of music that's on the radio today, that's what people are listening to. Now, I, I, again, I know this is, you know, some of you are going to be like, oh, I'm leaving the church. This is ridiculous. And, that, and that's fine. Maybe this isn't the church for you, and, and I'm okay with that. But you understand what I'm saying? We're trying to reach people. That's the focus. It's all about God, and, and we're trying to reach people. It's all about loving God and loving people and not fitting your comfort or your style or your opinion because everybody has something different and we can't we can't just meet everybody's little opinions and needs and things like that we try to do our best to to mix it up and and make it work but at the end of the day we're trying to reach people that's what it's all about and if you don't like that if you're upset with me you can go pray about it go pray in the spirit though not in your opinion and uh and if you'd like to talk about it, we can, you can set up a meeting. We'll talk about it. But There's an argument about whether women should be in leadership in the church. And scripture has been taken out of context forever to try to prove that. I hate when people try to prove their own opinion uh, about things and they try to use the Bible to prove that. It's so wrong. The main scripture that's used is the one where Paul says women shouldn't stand up and speak. If you understand, if you did proper hermeneutics, if you exegeted the passage the, the proper way, you would understand that women in that culture, in that time, weren't, weren't educated. You would understand that. Today, women are educated. Woohoo! Right? It's okay. In fact, in May, Mother's Day, I've got a great woman of God that's going to be coming here, Tina Blunt. She's going to be speaking to us. And I'm okay with that. I had a pastor... Where I first got started in ministry, she was a woman. She was amazing. And it's okay. It's okay. There were women in the Bible that were in leadership, if you didn't know. If you actually read some things outside of just your own. The Bible's not a buffet where we can just pick and choose what we want. I know. I'm, God, God hey, this all came from my praying. And, and, and trust me, don't throw stuff at me. But there were actually women in leadership. In the Bible, read, study it, study it the right way. I say all that to say we get so caught up in the debate that we miss it. We miss what we're supposed to be focused on. Let's, let's get in the game. Let's get, let's get in the, the midst of this world and, and let's start reaching people. Let's, let's quit all this silly debating and arguing and, and silly things that really don't matter. And let's go reach some people for Jesus. You guys behind that? Because that's what we're going to do here at this church. We get so caught up in that silly stuff. Let's be about the Father's business. Let's take action. And the thing is that the action is all about love. What's love got to do with it? It's got everything to do with it. The action is love. It's loving God and loving people. And if you'll love well, you'll live well. So how do we do that? How, how do we love? How do we truly love? How do we truly, how do we, how do we have this love like, like God has for us? Well, here's the deal. It's real simple. You got to give up yourself. It sounds simple, but for many of us, it's hard to do. We've got to give up ourselves. How do we love? We give up ourselves. And we can't do that on our own. Now, we can have an extent of love. There's obviously different types of love. But this true love, this love that we're talking about, this love that God has for us and wants us to give 
to others, excuse me, it only comes from him. Without God, you can love to a certain extent, but a life without God will always default to yourself. Because that's what sin is. Sin is selfishness. You can look down the list of things uh, that don't please God, and it's all about pleasing ourself. And love is selfless. That's what it's all about. Love is selfless. How do you love? You give up yourself. When you love God, you surrender your, say it with me, self. When you love other people, when, when you serve, when, when you do that, you give your, say it, self. It's an action. It's not about having great thoughts towards someone. Oh yeah, they're real cool, awesome. It's not about having a feeling inside. It's an action. God wants us to do something about it and do something with it. He loved you. He loved you in the middle of your mess. You were a real knucklehead one day and God, God came into your life and changed your life. How dare we sit on that? There we sit on that. First John 3, 18. Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Let us show the truth by our actions. When we give our life to God, when we give ourselves to others, when we give life, we actually get life. I know that sounds backwards, but that's just kind of how the kingdom of God is. That's just how God rolls. When you give life, you actually get life. To love well is to live well. I, I know that takes vulnerability, though. Some of you guys have been burned. You tried to give yourself. You, you've given over and over again. You've been burned, and I get that. And I don't want to take that lightly, but at the end of the day, it's really not about us. Sometimes you are going to give yourself, and you've got to expect not to get back. You, you might let someone borrow money. It's okay. Don't expect to, to get that back. You might give uh, of yourself, your time, your talents, your abilities, or whatever it might be, your emotions. And it's okay not to get back. See, if we're focused on, on loving God, He's our supply. So that, that our needs should be, be getting met, even if we're, we're giving it away. If you love well, you live well. John 13, 35, by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. That's how people know that this thing is real. That's how they'll, they'll know this thing is genuine. It's legit. So many people don't like God. They disapprove of God. They don't even believe there is a God, but they'll argue about there's, you know. And I don't know that the church, not our church, but the church, I don't know that it's done a great job of loving the way Jesus would love people. We get so caught up in the truth, the truth, the truth, the truth, the truth, the truth, the truth. And we miss the grace. We miss the love. Yes, we should absolutely be about the truth. Yes, we should stand for truth. Yes, we should support it. We should speak it. We have to do it in love. No one listens to the guy on the corner with the megaphone. No one listens to the guy telling people they're going to hell. There was a guy last night at Monster Jam. We went uh, to Aiden. We hung out with the Edges uh, last night and went to Monster Jam. And there was some, we went into the pit party and, and there was a guy uh, standing up on a thing. And he, I, I don't, he wasn't even saying anything that was like... Wow, I want to go and believe this guy. <laughs> he was talking about not being in love anymore with a spouse or something. I'm like, dude, what are you preaching? Like, no one's going to listen. No one is listening to you. Like, you know what I'm saying? Let's, let's love. Let's do it right. The right way. We have to give ourselves though, to do that. If you love well, you'll live well. But so many of us are focused on ourselves. We're focused on our emotions, our feelings, our experiences, our preferences, our opinions. None of this is about us. Church is not about your preference. And life is not about your comfort. 
We learned this on Wednesday night. We, we, we've been in a purpose-driven life study. If you don't come to Wednesday night, you should come to, to Wednesday night. Um, and and we're, we're digging into this, and we realize that, man, all this is all about God, His love for you, and His purposes for you. It's not about us and our, our comfort or, or how we are, man. It's all about God and His plans and purpose for you to love. If you love well, you'll, say it with me, live well. If we truly love God, the Bible says that we will obey his commands. If you truly love God, you'll obey his commands. You'll put him first. You'll live out his word. You'll be focused on his ways. And if we get that first, it spills out into every other part of our life. If we can get that first, then we can love others. Then we can take care of others. Then we can pray for others. Then we can see a need, meet a need. So what would that look like for us? What would that look like in a world that's full of hate, in a world that is so angry, in a world that is jealous and having trust issues and, and there's arguing and, and there's all these things? What would it look like if the church was leading the way now in those things? What if the church was leading the way in loving? What if the church was leading the way in giving and in kindness and in goodness and in patience and in self-control? What if the church was leading in that way? Because that's all spirit living. If you read what those things are, it's fruits of the spirit. What if the church was leading that way? I'll tell you what it would look like. It would look like revival. It would be straight up revival. Revival is not getting goosebumps here in the altar and being slain in the spirit and speaking in tongues and running around. That's not, that's a great, that's part of it, but that's not revival. Revival is taking what you encounter here and experience here and taking it out to the world that so desperately needs it. And love will catch. It's like, man, I know y'all are some Plant City folk and y'all have had some bonfires over the years, right? And you know if you're like me, you want to stick a stick in the fire and play around with it and pour gas and do silly stuff with it, right? I know I'm not the only one. But you, when you have a fire, you can fuel that fire if you put stuff in it. You put the right things in it. You can, even if you stir it up and get some oxygen going in there, it'll, it'll build up the fire. If you pour some gas on it, pour some fuel on it. Some lighter fluid, hairspray, whatever. I, we, we, we did all kinds of stuff, y'all. Don't judge. <clears throat> Put some stuff on that fire and let it... Because, see, love will catch. And, that, and that's how revival keeps going, in which it should. Revival, we shouldn't put a lid on it. We shouldn't put a cap on it. It should keep going. It should be a lifestyle. It should be the way that we live our life. We should live in revival. But that takes us loving God with all our heart, mind, and soul. And then acting out upon that love in others. But if we'll love others, eventually they'll get it. They may not come around right away. Not everybody does. And that's okay. You keep praying. You keep working on it. Keep loving them. Eventually they'll get it. And once they get it, then they're going to love on others. So, um, so it's, it's a continual thing. Revival's not just meant for right here in, a, in an amazing experience with God. It's meant to go out and be multiplied. If you love well, you live well. We're talking about this first because we have to. This is the foundation because from this is going to build and support all of your relationships that you're going to have. If you can love God with all your heart, mind, and soul and you give your life to him and you get it right, you're going to be a better husband. You're going to be a better wife. You're going to be a better father. You're going to be a better mother. You're going to be a better person. You're going to be a better coworker. You're going to be a better employee. If we get this first... It will spill into the rest of our life. Worship team, you guys can come on up. I'm getting ready to wrap this up. And some of you are like, yes, finally. <clears throat> if we love well, we'll live well. So why 
And how should we do that? Find how we should do it. Why? You remember that as a kid? Your mama tell you to do something? What was our response always? Why? Some of your kids may be doing that to you today. Why? And what was the response always? Because I said something. We hated that, right? We hate And in fact, if you really want to do it, our kids need to know the why. If you want to get deep into it, and I don't, I don't want to rabbit trail here, but, but the kids need to know the why. They need to understand. They're processing that. That's why they ask that question. Here at our church, we need to understand the why. Because we can do all kinds of ministry. We can, we can do all kinds of events and, and outreaches and, and all kinds of ministry. But if we don't understand the why, we don't have focus. And we can be doing a lot of different things, but not really doing anything at all. Understanding the why is important, so I want you to understand the why. And here it is. Why should we love? Because God first loved us. God first loved you. Jesus on the cross went to that, to that, to that cross and, and, and suffered and went through all that stuff because he first loved you before you even knew about him. He loved you before you were even born. He loved you. 1 John 4, 19-21, we love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. The two go hand in hand and it's what God wants for our lives. It's given to you so that you can give to others. And we do that through compassion and righteousness, which are both things that we can't do on our own. We can't do that on our own. Those only come from God, compassion and righteousness. On our own, we won't be compassionate because, again, we'll default to ourselves. That, that's why many of us, we're in the parking lot and we see someone begging for money, we quickly get in our car and we lock the door. We do it with compassion and righteousness. On our own, we can't be righteous. Those things only come by being Jesus, by giving our life to Him and acting in love. Listen to what 1 Corinthians says about love. Famous chapter on love, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy. Therefore, you should be patient, you should be kind, and you should not envy. Love does not boast, it's not proud, it doesn't dishonor, it's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Again, these are the fruits of the Spirit. Spirit empowerment, the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Living our life in the Spirit helps us to love. It gives us the power to do that because, again, on our own, we can't. We need that Spirit. We need the Spirit of God in us, working through us. Why don't you go ahead and stand up with me as we get ready to, to close this out. Listen, we all want love. All of us want that. We all want to receive love. But it's not something that we can buy. I know we can buy a lot of things. Money doesn't, you can't buy love. You can't really even earn it. All we can do is receive it and give it away. All we can do is receive it and give it away. We receive it from the Father and we give it away to others. It's not something that we can put in a jar and put on the shelf. God wants to fill you up. He's the source of love. He's the source of your life. He's the source 
of everything. And he won't just give it to you. He'll give it to you in abundance. He'll give it to you to overflowing if you'll let him. He's got more than enough than you will ever need. He's got more than enough love that you will, you will ever need. So if you give your life to him, he will pour out his love on you more so than you could ever imagine or fathom. And it will spill over. It will run over. You will have enough to give away to other people. But so many times we put a lid on it. We put a lid on it. We, we, we contain it. We put a lid on it and we contain it because we don't want to, we, we want to hold on to God's love. It's amazing. It's a great feeling. It's, a, it's, a, it's awesome. We, we want to hold on to God's love. So, so, we, so we put a lid on it and we put it on the shelf and we pull it out every now and then for, for people to see. Hey, look at God loves me. All right. But it's meant for us to give. It, it, it's meant for us to give. So God fills you up to overflowing. He gives you more than enough. He, he, he wants to give it away. So you need to ask yourself every day, who, who can I give God's love to? Because there's broken people all around us. There's people that, that need love all around us. Who can I give love to today? This, this is being aware. This is following the Spirit. The Spirit's empowerment. The Spirit's leading in your life. But it's walking around your job. It's walking around your neighborhood. It's, it's noticing what's going on in your family. What can you give love to today? It's not your love. You're not, you're not giving anything that's yours. This is God's love. Who needs my love? Who needs God's love? Today. It's meant to be given away. Now here's the deal. Alright. Well, here's the problem with us. Alright. So I'm empty. <laughs> I'm empty, God. Again, He's the source of it all. He's the source of it all. He has more than enough. That's good. All right. You, you gave it away. Good job. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Let's, here's some more love for you. And when we go to Him, He will fill us. He will fill us over and over and over again. The more we give it away, the more He'll fill us. That's what He wants. But so many times we want to hold on to it. We, we give it away and we notice, oh, man, I'm feeling dry. I'm feeling a little empty. Gotta gotta hold on to it. When we cap it off again, when we cap it off, when we decide to stop loving, when we decide to stop giving to others, we cap off God's love. We quench the Holy Spirit. We cut it off. And we wonder why we're feeling dry. We wonder why God feels distant in our life. It's because we stop doing what He wants us to do. It's, It's meant to give away. John 3, 16, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that you could have life, life eternal, life in abundance, life to the fullness. We fill our life with so many things. We, we fill it and try to, try to, 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 to feel satisfied in, in those things, but those things fade, those things don't last, those things don't work. And many of us have experienced that time and time again. God is the only love that will satisfy him. It's unlimited. It's unfailing. It's unfathomable, really. He gives it freely to you if you'll accept it, if you'll, if, you'll, if you'll put Him first in your life and not cap it off. But He gives it to us so that we can give it away. 1 John 4, 16 says that God is love. He is, he is love. He is the essence of love. That's His nature. That's His being. That's who He is. So if you go back to 1 Corinthians 13 that we read, I want you to insert God for the word love. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. God is patient. 
God is kind. God does not envy. God does not boast. God is not proud. God does not dishonor others. God is not self-seeking. God is not easily angered. God keeps no record of wrong. God does not delight in evil, but rejoices in truth. God protects, God trusts, God hopes, God always perseveres. If you want to know love, look where it came from. Look where the source is. If you want to understand what love is and how to do it, then receive it for yourself through Jesus. Through giving your life to Him. If you love well, you'll live well. Hey, thanks for tuning in this week. If you'd like more info about our church, if you'd like to make a donation to our ministry here at Transforming Life, go to www.tlchurchpc.com. If you haven't been to our church yet, we would love to meet you. Come by for a life-changing experience. God bless.